Welcome to Wild Women. Today, we will be talking about a very interesting topic. This podcast episode was inspired by the book Pussy and a couple of the, I guess you could call other podcasts that um, was done with the author of this book. So yeah, let's get right into it. Um, So we're going to start with basically the history of the patriarchy. So Camille, can you explain to us a little bit about it? Well, yeah, but I think it's, like, pretty obvious on, like, where we are now. But back then, like, 30,000 years before Christianity, like, the goddess was worshipped. And it wasn't all about men. There was, like, rituals and, like, culturally, like, the woman's body was really important and there wasn't any sexual repression as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like the the goddess was who people looked up to for strength to heal, to basically like become better people. Like she was the divine character that people prayed to, that people um, had expectations for. And it's crazy that we went from that 30,000 years ago to the development of Christianity about four or 5,000 years ago, where the woman and the goddess ended up being repressed. And then it kind of transitioned into a time where only men were able to be true leaders. And then women if they wanted to practice any type of religion or healing um a lot of them would not only be repressed mentally and by society but also physically Mm -hmm. Um, they'd be called uh, witches exactly like that's where the witch hunt came from right and i don't know if people realize but they're so the witch hunt was all about like repressing the feminine, like intuitive wisdom. So like uh, being one with nature and like following your cycles, uh, your moon cycles. So I refer to menstruation and there's like archetypes um, in religion of like either the Virgin Mary, the maiden, or the whore and more often than not the whore is really like not well perceived sex as a sin basically right right and sex being a sin is something that has kind of like kept its way through history and even up until today like there's a lot of stigmas and taboos about sex but yeah, I guess when Christianity took over, that's when you can really uh, pinpoint a time when sex became a sin and sex became something that people were ashamed of. And that has been passed down from generation to generation to the point now where women don't even have a word for their vulva anymore. Yeah, so it's really interesting how something can be so ingrained culturally 
that it passed down through generation to generation and basically every society and there's some societies that still don't mention anything about sex and sex is still seen as a sin outside of marriage yeah and like most women don't even know what their pussy looks like like for me that's crazy um and like there's so much misinformation and not enough education that a lot of people believe that your vagina is also where you pee from. I don't know if you watch Orange is the New Black, but they did an episode on that. It was so funny, but it's true. A lot of women don't even know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, I don't know, it's crazy when you think about it because like it's a part of our bodies. Like Mm -hmm. it's been a part of you your whole life. How do you not know what it looks like? And uh, like what, also comes along with that is women don't um, understand what it feels like for like someone to be touching it and it feeling good. You know, there's so many women that struggle with just basically a sexual connection with their partners, but also themselves. And a lot of the time is because no one's ever taught them. No one's ever talked to them about it. No one's ever told them the importance of their pleasure and their confidence in their own pussy yeah because like guys growing up it's quite normal for like children to play around um it not in a like sexual perverted way but in a normal healthy like discovering curious way but girls don't do that because it's like shamed upon Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and then even um masturbation Mm -hmm. like Obviously, it's something that's a little bit um, taboo for everyone, especially like in some areas, like some of the southern states and so on. Um, Masturbation is seen as weak and, I I guess, looked down upon. Um, But especially in like the countries that are a little bit more, how do I put it, a little bit more accepting of us. sex basically and sexuality like Canada masturbation is very normal for guys like there's there's no taboo around it whereas like for girls it's still something that girls don't talk about it's something that they don't want to talk about it's something that they they're kind of they feel guilty about whereas whereas they shouldn't you know like when it comes to sex and so on it's a lot tougher for a girl to have an orgasm most of the time and a lot of the time men don't know how to like pleasure their female partner and so if anything if she has the ability to masturbate and like learn herself what she likes then she'd be able to tell her partner that and it just creates more of a I guess domino effect of like understanding both her sexuality and him understanding her sexuality as well, which, you know, creates better sexual chemistry between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And even like, I would say, even in science, there's like misinformation, but also like a lot of shame around the female sexuality because the G spot is still being like, Oh, is it real or is it not? When we like talk to many women, like they, they will tell you it's real. Um, yeah. So 
for people that don't know, there's different like orgasms that you can have. So there's the clitoris, obviously. There's the G-spot, cervical, and anal. And I would say anal is another one that's kind of frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anal is definitely something that a lot of people, whether it's like a comfortability thing where people mm-hmm. just aren't comfortable with, you know, doing sexual things with that part of their bodies, or like, I guess you can say it's kind of ingrained in a homophobia thing too, mm-hmm. you know, where um, a lot of men feel that anything up there, excuse my language, but asshole is it makes them gay when like really it's not like men can also have like a lot of pleasure through I guess anal stimulation mm-hmm. and I I guess what shouldn't happen is there shouldn't be a taboo around it you know like as long as you're safe and you're with a good partner and you're doing everything consensually then you should be able to engage in any type of sexual stimulation that you want yeah i agree with that and if like fun fact that i think a lot of people don't know which i didn't is you know i feel like the extreme repression of the female sexuality is like genital mutilation right and for people that don't know what that is, it's um, in certain countries, they basically like cut the clitoris, they take it out and sometimes they sew the lips together. So obviously that's gonna hurt and that creates a lot of trauma for the body. But the reason why they do it is because the clitoris is the only part in the body that's made just for pleasure. It has 8,000 nerve endings. And compared to the penis, which only has like 4,000. So like we have quite a superpower, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's ironic when you think about the fact that we could have so much potential for all that pleasure from our clitoris but so many women say that they can't have an orgasm during sex, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, the general, like, media and the general, like, idea of sex is all about penetration, right? Mm -hmm. And only, like, 20% of women can have orgasm only through penetration. So that means Mm -hmm. that a lot of people just don't know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know that penetration is not the way for a woman to have like an orgasm most of the time like there has to be some other stimulations yeah yeah exactly and um if we were to talk about like how people can like i don't know create a better sexual chemistry chemistry in their relationship where would you say uh there is like i guess like a lacking part of it and where do you do you think that people can improve on the most well i do think that like education is a big part of it and obviously taboo like a lot of it comes back to like we say it um often but the brain is the biggest sex organ and if you have a lot of sexual shame 
you're gonna it's gonna be difficult to reach orgasm because your brain is directly connected to your pussy like and to your heart if you have stress you might have more painful intercourse if you are like if you have a lot of trauma you might not even be able to orgasm so there's a lot of stuff around that part that i think people are not aware of mm -hmm. and think like oh what's wrong with me well there's nothing wrong with you you're just disconnected from your body exactly exactly and a term that some women use sometimes is the term of feeling numb mm -hmm. so feel numb to just sex in general and they might just feel like they don't desire it anymore they don't um look forward to it it's not something that they enjoy doing and when that happens like i feel like a woman really has to look deep into herself and really like figure out what's going on because mm -hmm. often, like you said it could be trauma it could be it honestly it could be a confidence thing too it could be them never understanding how their body works it could be them not understanding what feels good for them and just over time the more they have sex and the more they have i guess you can call it disappointing sex then yeah they're gonna eventually grow numb to the act of sex which should be one of the most amazing experiences any human being could have right mm -hmm. and i love something that you said i find that a lot of women who have like difficulty just enjoying having pleasure outside like in their lives like they're always like too busy um they're always thinking about everything they're really like responsible of everything i find that they're gonna have difficulty having pleasure in bed mm -hmm. you know yeah exactly um like you mentioned before like the mind is one of the most important parts of the orgasm so if your mind and is just constantly running with your to-do list and you're constantly thinking about the future or the past like honestly like if you are somebody who's constantly worried about the future you probably have some type of anxiety and then if you're someone who's constantly wor worried about the past then you're probably experiencing a little bit of depression and like when those types of i guess negative negative conditions are affecting your life then it's really hard for you to like be fully present and in order to have good sexual experiences you have to be fully present in your body at that mm -hmm. time and um not worry about anything you know just focus on that present moment and focus on your body and how you're feeling and um and i think a big part of it comes back to like you need to feel comfortable and you need to feel like you can trust your partner mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. if your part like for me i heard that on a podcast is like if you wonder why your girlfriend isn't being like really turned on recently and and etc it might be because there's a lot of resentment in the relationship um and it might be because you don't show up 
you don't show up with your actions. So she mm-hmm. doesn't feel like she can trust you. And that in turn creates a lot of difficulty in bed. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And we've talked about love languages before. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue too. If somebody is not fulfilling the love languages of the woman, which isn't always um, touch, like it could be just quality time or like um, meaningful gifts. And if her partner isn't, you know, fulfilling those parts of her love language, then trying to, like you said, resentment develops. And then obviously if there's underlying feelings of resentment, then in bed, it's definitely going to carry over, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, An interesting phenomenon is those couples who they fight like cats and dogs, but their sex life is great, which I never really understood, to be honest. Have you ever heard of that coming? Yeah, and I think it comes back to the fact that when you fight, it's still some kind of passion. It's anger, and anger creates a lot of, it impacts the body, you know, like it, it heats you up. Not in the same sense as sex, but sometimes it can feel similar. So I think it comes back to that. And um, we were discussing earlier, and I think it also comes back to the fact that a lot of women are attracted to jerks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, when it comes to women trying to find the quote unquote right guy, uh, the quote unquote jerk is someone that women are usually very attracted to. Oftentimes, uh, people who I'm not, I don't want to generalize it, like it's not everyone, but most of the time, men who are jerks also possess a lot of the very attractive masculine traits. They're usually very assertive, they're confident, they're bold, they're um, oftentimes they're good looking. Like they can't be bold and assertive unless they're decent looking most of the time, right? So like, um, yeah, and then the guys who are the nice guys, they, usually possess some of the more more feminine traits such as responsiveness and emotion emotionality and then also they can often be a little bit more shy they can possess a little bit of nervousness sometimes and like those those traits are a turnoff for a lot of women mm-hmm. and i think it also comes back to uh i don't remember if we talked about this already but Um, your style of attachment so if that's how you were raised if that's how your dad was like kind of cold and like distant Mm -hmm. that's what's going to feel comfortable for you that's what's going to feel it's going to feel like that's what you know so obviously it's going to feel more secure and you're gonna be more attractive yeah on an unconscious level until like you do the healing part of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's 
there's so much healing that a lot of women have to do like not it doesn't necessarily have to be from a rape but there's a lot of just sexual abuse that women endure just living yeah like um women are constantly objectified and they're constantly over sexualized and it it's it's tough sometimes like as a woman and like having to just uh deal with it you know yeah I'm a server and like late night the place basically turns into a club and even though it's COVID and stuff these people are here to party and they're here to have a good time and they're here to be served by pretty women and they want to party with those women too so Mm -hmm. then you know I kind of have to like I guess pick and choose what I want to do but like if a guy puts a hand or puts his hand around my back like I can either turn around and be a bitch and be like and stand up for like myself like just don't touch me like that or like I can you know act like everything's fine and then I'll probably get a better tip than if I were to throw him off me and get the security guards to punch it like throw him out you know and that's such a problem that we're taught not to stand up for ourselves because we need the money you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that that brings us right back to being objectified mm-hmm. you know and right. even like in media like there's even a thir- a term for it which is like ritualization of subordination theory which is um i don't know if you realize it was more prevalent like in the early 2000 and i remember it made such like controversy because some like advertising um they show women as like powerless you know like Mm -hmm. some of them has like their legs wide open some of them looks unconscious some of them looks like really taken aback so it's all about like even growing up if that's the kind of message that you have that's how you're gonna show up in the bedroom and sometimes that's not the sexiest thing for yourself yeah 100 percent. and it's right it kind of draws us right back to porn too you know like Mm -hmm. porn is all about the male sexual pleasure Mm -hmm. seeing the woman do sexual stuff on the male like very very rarely is there an episode that's all about a guy eating a girl out but like if you want to see a girl sucking dick you can find it a million times in a million different ways you know what i mean yeah yeah and i it also comes back to because of porn a lot of women feels like their body like their pussy isn't good looking you know because like it's it's girls in porn are completely waxed they often have like surgery so that's another thing like um it's even more common now to have what we call labiaplasty which is um inner vaginal lips plastic surgery which when you think about it it's so dangerous and also like it can completely throw off like your pleasure yeah all because you want to look good for the meal yeah yeah no it's it's crazy like that people feel the need to do that Mm -hmm. or that 
like a lot of the time, like these, these women who do have those types of surgeries are in the porn industry. And it's awful that they feel like for their job, they need to basically destroy the one part of their body that should be like the, the best part of their body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I agree with that. It's like, like, it's meant to look natural. We're not meant to look the same. That would be boring. Even mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about, I don't know, some spiritual terms for sexuality and the importance of sexuality on a spiritual level. Um, So there's one thing called Tantra and Tantra massage. And basically what that is, it's all about, it's basically a massage for your vagina. And yeah, sure, it sounds kind of taboo, but it's it's not. It's something that in Eastern, basically, mostly Eastern countries, I know that in the U.S. they do it some places too, but it's a very spiritual ritual that basically just puts the pussy on a pedestal and is supposed to teach the woman for herself what feels good and what doesn't. And like the importance of like sexuality and spirituality is basically that in a lot of, uh, how do I put it? In a spiritual sense, um, sexuality, sex, like was seen, like when you're in orgasm, was seen as the best time to increase your spiritual being because that's like meditation during an orgasm you have to be so present in that moment and there's no better time to connect with your spiritual self Mm -hmm. than when you're totally and fully present orgasm is actually like a gateway to like the divine to the divine yeah of course Mm -hmm. of course there were cultures like before christianity took over that did see sex and orgasm as such an important part of their, I guess, their religion or what they believed in, right? Mm -hmm. Like some, I think it's Japanese arts have actual sexual position on their pottery. Like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Not to mention, like, um, yeah, sure, there's the spiritual things, but there's also just your own, your own feelings of self um, fulfillment and mm-hmm. self worth. Like, sometimes, like, oh, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of women that don't feel like they're, they're important in bed, you know, like, it's, all about the male it's all about the male coming and then once that happens sex is over you know yeah it it doesn't end when the female is done it ends when the male is done right Mm -hmm. and I think uh, um we can talk a little bit about self-pleasure so mm in western culture it's all about like vibrators right but the problem with that is that oftentimes it's gonna make your clitoris 
be less sensitive during actual sex. Mm -hmm. Because, well... A guy's dick doesn't vibrate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In Hinduism, they have what they call like yoni eggs or yoni wands. And usually it's made out of crystals. So again, back to spirituality. And it's all about like really like healing and opening up and learning how to pleasure yourself in the best way possible. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've never used a yoni egg or the yoni wands at all. Um, but I will say that there are some worries about it. So some women are like, oh, well, if it's crystals, then it's hard. It can't feel good all that stuff. So Kemi, what would you say to those people who are worried about using them because they think that it just won't feel good? I think the best answer is experience. Try it. And mm -hmm. then like be open to the idea of it. Obviously it's different from what like mass media is telling you, but it brings so much more different aspect of your sexuality. Mm -hmm. One thing that I do want to say is if you get an egg, make sure it has a string or it's going to get stuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically don't put anything up your vagina unless a string is connected to it. But um, crystal ones, like you can get some that actually looks like a cock and some like places actually can make it in the same form as like, your partner's dick so that's awesome <laughs> that's good yeah that's great there's like a erotic blueprint so basically it tells you the kind of sexual partner you are um, so there is the energetic, which means like you're really in tune with like people's emotion and uh, like nonverbal and like you can get turned on just by connecting with people on a deeper level. Okay, so there's the sensual and then there's the sexual. Sensual is really more like um, touchy, but in a sensual way yeah so a sensual touch would be just an intimate mm -hmm. touch. so mm -hmm. um whereas like a sexual touch is usually like explicitly your ass or like um touching your pussy or like you feeling him up like that kind of thing mm -hmm. whereas sensual touch is just like a very it's an intimate touch just you know a touch on the neck it's like putting someone's hair back like that's the type of touch we're talking about mm -hmm. when it's a sexual touch and like people that goes into like the sexual blueprint usually are big on cookies yeah, yeah. um and then we have like kinky which is like well i i think everybody knows what it is and then there's the uh, shapeshifter blueprint which is like kind of a mix of everything mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had to figure out what your blueprint was, what do you think yours is? Um, I already did the test. There's a test. Uh, you can go on, I think it's uh, the girl that has it is 
uh, Jaya. I might be able to find the website and put it in the notes. I think, I think for me, I'm very energetic in a sense. Like, okay. if, yeah, like I, I can easily like get turned on by just like, just seeing someone, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, yeah. And like sensual is like super important too. But like sexual is important. I I it really depends. Like quickies can sometimes be fun, but like I'm I'm not a huge fan of quickies. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like I don't think I'm sexual because you know I don't like quickies. Mm-hmm. And it's also like a lot of people like forget the foreplay part. And mm-hmm. I think I personally think that's the most important part of sex. And the problem, though, with our stages of sexual response cycle, which is like into, of course, how we know it, which is uh, desires. So what we call like libido and then arousal, which is like the excitement. And then the plateau where it's like, you know, right before the orgasm, where it feels like it's stagnant. Yeah, but it's like it's building up. And then the orgasm. And then resolution, which is like the refractory period for males. So it, it's around like 20 minutes. But I think that the problem with that is that it doesn't take into consideration like <laughs> woman's pleasure at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it also like it doesn't take into consideration like any other sexual dysfunction because some people like maybe they like paralyzed and they can't even feel their gut. Like, what do you do then? So that's a problem I have with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, like, that's that just goes back to patriarchy and how, like, mm-hmm. men put on a pedestal for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the science world, you know, men are the ones, like, uh, making the – calling the shots. Yeah. And um, which is why often, like – lesbian sex is not seen as real sex because it doesn't involve a cock right it doesn't involve a penis so and like sexual dysfunction affects like 43 percent of women and 31 percent of men but i think if the information we had around sex those numbers would be a lot different because it's just how we do sex that's wrong Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. And I think it comes back. I say that a lot. But um, <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> STIs and like other like disease and like pain and discomfort um, that a lot of people feel either like before, after, during intercourse. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Like, and STIs and STDs were so pathologized to the point mm-hmm. where they pathologized sex as well, right? When, when really all they need is proper education about how to have safe, safe sex and mm-hmm. STIs and STDs are not, are not an issue. And it's yeah. sex is not the issue either. And like a lot of STDs are not fatal. Like you can take meds and then you're going to be fine. But it's such a big taboo. 
and yeah and I think like if like schools are not doing a great job at sex ed because I remember what I learned was "Mm, don't get pregnant and don't get an STD because like that's going to be the end of the world yeah exactly exactly they talk about ruining their life and stuff uh uh-huh and like you shouldn't be afraid to have sex because that's that's when you're gonna have people who get pregnant because they don't know what they're doing and they don't use any kind of contraceptive exactly exactly that's another interesting issue too is how a lot of the time the contraceptive is put on the women instead of the men mm-hmm. oh yeah i agree with you nice if you could have like a male birth control and we wouldn't have to worry about taking about putting a friggin metal little string up our vagina or having to take a stupid pill every morning like why can't a male have that type of stuff you know mm-hmm. what i mean like yeah and like i'm all for contraceptive but i think a lot of people need to look and find what's right for their bodies like for mm-hmm. me i tried the pill once and i got an allergic reaction like it doesn't happen often but it can happen and a lot of people with yeah. an iud yeah. like a lot of people have like their body just reject it so you do need to look and see what fits for you and you don't need to stick with the first one that you try yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i don't know i just i just wish that like sensuality wouldn't and the naked body wouldn't be like so sexualized because like that way like breastfeeding wouldn't be a turn on for perverted men let's be yeah. honest and like i don't know um, like, f- I want to talk a little bit about, like, f- feminine hygiene and, like, products and stuff like that. Like, a lot of women still think that, um, I don't know how they call it, but, like, a shower for your vagina. A douche. Yeah, that's actually quite harmful for your vagina. Like, yeah, don't do that. Like, your body is made to clean itself. And if you do that, like, you're going to create a pH imbalance and that's when you might have um a yeast infection exactly mm-hmm. I love it you finished my sentences <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no 100% 100% and like when it comes to feminine hygiene too like a lot of the time like women and girls they they don't know products to use you know like they don't know what cleaning products they should use if they have um certain issues like sometimes some women could go like weeks with a yeast infection and not really know it or Mm -hmm. not really know how to get rid of it just because they've never been taught like the the right uh basically the right place to just go and get the medicine for it Mm -hmm. you know then when it comes to uh i guess menstruation too um it's there's a lot of taboo about women bleeding out of their vaginas and like yeah oh my god like some guys still believe it's gross i'm sorry but like if you want to fuck this like you're gonna have to be okay with it being normal exactly exactly and like it's not healthy if you're not getting your period you know yeah there's so much about feminine hygiene that's 
so influenced by media and we're, we're told that it should be a certain way, but in reality, a healthy body doesn't always work that way. Yeah. So I guess like the best tips would be always pee after sex. <laughs> and like, I know a lot of people don't think about it, but like you can clean your pussy, like the outside part, outside, not inside, just oh. with like unscented soap. Yeah, there's also like Vagisil too. Like they have great soaps, whether and they're they are scented, but they're made specifically for your pussy. So they're definitely healthy and some of them actually help restore pH balance too. I think like when it comes to like menstruation, it's important to like track your cycle to like learn to know your body and really like create that connection that a lot of people don't have. Like I know exactly when it's coming because I'm so in tune with my body that like I know the signs. Yeah, of course. Like there's other options for like menstruation products. Like there's the cup, there's like panty that are made especially for menstruation and some women actually do enjoy like just letting it bleed which is not common at all in society but you can try it and just like take the that's another thing like we're we're not used to like taking a day off when we have cramps or when we're like really like tired and exhausted and it should be a time for us to really like take care of ourselves but because of the way society is made of like being masculine and being like go 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 you need to work like we don't take care of ourselves yeah exactly exactly and then and then oh and then you have so much resentment like honestly like this is exactly what happened to me this week I my period's always been very irregular and so I don't always know when it's coming but earlier this week like sunday monday i had excruciating stomach cramps like i had a headache i was tired but i was still expected to be at work for my 10-hour shifts you know what i mean because i wasn't i wasn't sick you know like just because i don't didn't feel good and just because well now i know it was because i was menstruating doesn't mean i can take a day off doesn't mean i have an excuse not to be there right but it should it should it really really should your body goes through such so many hormonal like um fluctuations during your menstruation not only that but you're losing blood so for people who are like me and like a lot of women a lot of us are anemic so when they do get their period that's like their energy just depletes like a substantial amount right like Mm -hmm. If anything, it should be a time where a woman is uh, just kinder to herself and gives her herself a bit of a break. Yeah. It's also important to, like, remember that some products are, like, are not supposed to stay in your body. <laughs> so, like, tampons, you're not supposed to keep it, like, all day, all night, you know, because that can actually create more problems for you. And the pull-up 
method is not the best um, because you do have a chance of getting pregnant if you don't use any other contraceptive. In the pre-ejaculation um, liquid, there could be sperm in there. And the sperm can live up to, I think, three to five days. You could get pregnant without knowing. Mm. And most people, like, they're fertile for like a period of five to seven days so right your libido it kind of follows your cycle as well so mm-hmm. if you're not turned on 24 7 like that's normal yeah yeah for sure one last thing some guys can actually like have a nargas without ejaculating really uh-huh and um, some women can actually like ejaculate. Obviously, it's not the same. It's called like squirting, but it's not a myth. It's a real thing. Yeah. So the average like time for a guy for like intercourse before he he ejaculates is around I think like ten minutes, ten to fifteen minutes. Obviously, some can go faster and some can go longer. But with a lot of breathing techniques and like tantra sex is good for that. You can like really work on connecting better to your body and then um, controlling it. Yeah. At least that's what a sex experts say. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I agree. I'm sure we will have to do another episode about these types of topics again because the science about it is changing so quickly. Yeah, because people are just like realizing, hey, it's actually a subject we don't know much about. <laughs>